0: Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. Okay, for the first time ever, we're using a new system, a video, instead of just the audio. And we have the microphones. Thank you, Gabe, from DPA Mics, who has helped us out so much and also my tech genius, Sarah Wilson. I really, really appreciate it, Sarah, everything. I'm actually in my office. Now, we're gonna be over the next few weeks or whatever it takes to get back into church. I'll be using different locations outside, Delaware River, different places like that, but I really want to start here because this is where it all happens, in my office. And uh, it's also like show and tell time because uh, a lot of stuff in here that I can just get to very easily, like the famous puffer fish. Remember hearing that in several ser- sermons? You get to finally see the puffer of fish, okay? And, of course, my pet crocodile, all right? Uh, you get that, lots of stuff in here. My famous fossils and uh, Native American Indian artifacts, you know, cutting tools and, and all kinds of stuff. All kinds of, of exciting things that you'll see over time. i got a few more to show you in a little bit that are part of the sermon. So uh, different places, but this is the first time we're not in the building, underground church, coronavirus. Everybody knows what's going on. So the title for today is God's got this. God's got this. 2 Kings four one to seven. God's got this. The world is in a panic. The world is in a panic. The coronavirus. uh the coronavirus pandemic. The world's in a, a panic over this. We are still not sure if it will turn into a massive pandemic or just another glorified flu. We don't know, but we do know that there's a worldwide pandemic of fear. Of fear, we do know that for sure. Of fear, and how are people? And how are people handling it? They aren't. They're not handling it. It's uh, not going well. They're turning to worthless cures and worthless crutches. Uh, saw a headline the other day: Arizona man dies after self-medicating to treat coronavirus. He was watching TV, and they were talking about the drug that works to keep people from getting this virus, they think. It's one of these things they're talking about. And his wife just happened to look over near the aquarium. They had the the aquarium cleaning solution there. And she said, oh, look, the aquarium cleaning uh, solution here has that same drug in it. So they ingested it, and she was rushed to the hospital, and he died. Uh, That's is what they're turning to for, for cures. Uh, and and to, to self-medicate. Here's another title. Coronavirus sends pot sales soaring as more Americans stay home. Americans are turning to pot. Uh, Denver mayor reverses order to close liquor stores, recreational marijuana dispensaries after crowds swarm. So, so they're leaving. Those are disp- those are indispensable. Liquor stores and um, marijuana dispensaries. This is what people are turning to, and, and this is what they're trying to, you know, deal with the coronavirus pandemic with this, with this way. Uh, for those of us who know Jesus Christ. We have a much better answer as we will see today from God's Word. For those of us who know Jesus Christ, we can turn to, uh, tune to God's Word and to Jesus Christ. It's no accident that we have landed on this Bible passage today. This passage today in the life of Elisha. Now once again, if you, um, if you haven't been following the series, we did Elijah, now we're doing Elisha. You can go back on our podcast site or you can go on the, the YouTube site and you know, back up and, and follow along. But it's God's perfect timing that this amazing story of God's grace in the midst of a very scary time, which we're going to see in the life of Elisha, a very scary time. It's no accident that we landed on this passage. I think you will find this very, very comforting and encouraging in the coronavirus crisis that we're facing today. Let's start with prayer. Father, we thank you for... We thank you for your word. We thank you that we have a way to find peace through Jesus Christ. We thank you for your mercy and grace that is always there no matter what we're facing, whatever trial it is, whether it's a a, a coronavirus or if it's another trial in our life. There's many, many different trials we face constantly. Whatever it is, we are so thankful that we know that we can find your mercy and grace in your word and through your Holy Spirit's power. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, 2 Kings 4, 1-7. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go round and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. What is left. Now once again the title for this is, is God Got This, Second Kings 4, 1 7. And the real point, I'm gonna drive this home, I'm gonna say this I'm gonna repeat this over and over again is that God allows us to go through desperate times in order to show us that we can depend on his unfailing grace. God allows us to go through these desperate times to show that us we can depend on his unfailing grace. This woman must have felt like, think about this woman, she must have felt like all was lost, that she had lost all hope. Like many who are watching or listening to me today may feel that same way. She had lost her husband. He was dead. He was dead. And she was dead broke. She was dead broke. And now she's facing something worse than death. Her sons are going to be sold into slavery. Now, the Mosaic law taught if you owed a, a debt, you had to pay it off. You had to serve time to pay that off to the person you owed the money. But it was really, if you studied God's word in the, in the Old Testament, you see, it was really like a hired hand. It was a hired hand. But the, the nation had degenerated into apostasy, and now they had, had morphed this into treating people like slaves. Like slaves. And imagine her, her pain, her desperation, her wavering faith. My godly, my godly husband, who was a prophet, who served God, who gave his life for God, is dead. He dies early. And, and, and this is what we get for following God, for serving God, for you know, being his prophet. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe even to the coronavirus. Maybe you've lost your job or your business or your savings because of the coronavirus. But learn from this woman in spite of her pain In spite of her fear, she still turned to God and to his prophet Elisha in her desperation. And he asked her, what do you have? And she says, there's nothing but a little oil, just a little oil. Now, oil in God's word is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, which we receive at salvation. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ and give your life to Jesus Christ, that very moment you do that, The Holy Spirit comes within us and indwells us and empowers us. And we have the Holy Spirit in. The moment we say, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin. I repent of that sin. I ask you to forgive me. I believe he died on that cross in my place. I put my faith and trust in him. I give my life to Jesus. The moment we pray that prayer of faith, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us inside of us and we have the Holy Spirit. And then after that, we're commanded to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us on a daily basis. We already have the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like at salvation we get a cup which you consider the Holy Spirit. We have that cup all the time. But it's very important that we keep allowing the Spirit to fill us because we can. the Holy Spirit is always there, but we can get drained spiritually. We can get drained just by distractions. We can get drained by drained by being uh, worldly. We can get drained, uh, it says we can grieve the Holy Spirit or quench the Holy Spirit. And we have to constantly allow Him to refill us, to re-energize us. He's there, never lose Him. But, but we very important, we allow them to fill us. And it says in Ephesians 5, 18-20, to 20, what, what it takes to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18, it says this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're commanded to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us on a daily basis. How? Not by watching the news. Not by the latest coronavirus totals. Not by listening to the hysteria-mongering media. No, 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 no. No, we need to get inside of our houses and shut the doors. Shut the doors, not to protect ourselves from the coronavirus. A lot of people are locked in. You can't get to them. That's not what he's talking about, although it's good to be careful. I'm not down on that. But we need to shut our doors, not to protect ourselves from the coronavirus, but to shut the world out. To shut the world out. And to allow the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 5:18 18 and 20, to allow the Holy Spirit to refill us, to fill us up, to re-energize us on a daily basis. It's a command, and it's a continuous command. Be filled with the Spirit. How? By, by being in the Word here, by worshiping, by prayer, by giving thanks. Woo! Oh, that's how we, when we put ourselves in that place, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, Elisha, Elisha tells her to collect all the empty vessels she can find all the empty vessels she can find. Collect them, have them. Uh, that's why I have so many bottles in my office. I, I collect a lot of bottles. Uh, and that's why I have them in my office, because I'm following God's words here. <laughs> oh, office show and tell, since I'm going to be doing this in my office, I'm going to show a lot. I, I collect bottles. On the farm where I grew up, there was lots of bottles out in the woods where they were just throw garbage, and that garbage in 1900 became my treasure as a kid, and we collected, found all these really cool bottles, and I have them all over my office. My wife is trying to get me to box them up and put them somewhere else, but they will never leave here. So, uh, lots of interesting bottles, old bottles. Here's one. What does this look like? Oh, on the top, Mr. Peanut. That, that, uh, Mr. Peanut, that's Planter's Peanut. Uh, there's another cool one. Whoops. I have no idea, but lots of really cool old bottles, empty bottles everywhere. I, I always look for every chance I get. Um, here is a Coca-Cola, lots of those in the woods, and look at this one. Mm, it's all, the writing's funny. Oh, turn it upside down, and it, you can see all the numbers on it. It says from the hospital, Hospital Liquids Incorporated, uh, old, old bottle. Got a few more, which you're not, you're going to like these. Um, old Spice. <laughs> Real Old Spice, real old Old Spice. Uh, for best results, use daily. <laughs> they didn't take baths back then daily, but they wanted to use the Old Spice daily. Um, here we go, lots of milk bottles. They found a whole, lot, a whole bunch of cool milk bottles. And look at this one. Uh, this one I didn't find. Someone gave me this one because they saw how many milk bottles I have in there. But this is an old cream top. See the little face on it? Cute, cute. Um, all right, here we go. Squirt, old squirt bottle. And here's the tricky ones. Look at this one. Mountain Dew. See the little hillbilly on there? Mountain Dew. And finally, the the tricky one. Found this under the chicken coop. Orange Crush. That's an old Orange Crush bottle. Lots of bottles. Anyway, uh, that's why I keep them to allow God to fill them at some point. Uh, Joking, obviously. But that's what they're supposed to do. They had bottles, vessels, all over the place. And they were supposed to keep these to... uh, Elisha said to keep these empty vessels. Now, these empty vessels that she was collecting, we'll see there was a miracle involved, as we already know, but the empty vessels are also a spiritual picture because we must come to God emptied of self so that he can fill us. We have to come to God emptied of our self-sufficiency, our self-sufficiency, if we want to be filled with God's power, with God's power. That's what 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 to 10 is talking about when it says this. But we have this treasure, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always always carry around... in our body, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body, jars of clay, empty vessels, cracked pots you know or cracked pots, so the the god 's grace can shine through right, and the coronavirus is showing the Christians in America, us as Christians in America how much we depend on self instead of God instead of. His power. Remember, we have to be empty vessels, coming, if emptied of self-sufficiency, if we want to be filled with God's power. But this, this crisis, I believe, is showing the Christians, showing us how much we depend on ourselves and not on God. So many are freaking out, freaking out. Nobody in our church, nobody you know, but you, nobody, nobody in your house, but you might know somebody like this, freaking out. It, there's a big difference. How how we are handling this crisis versus how the Christians in the persecuted countries are handling this crisis, even China itself, where it uh, originated, lots of Christians, underground, persecuted Christians, how they're handling it. Uh, it. It's shocking the difference of how how we're handling it. They're handling it from these persecuted uh, countries. I believe God is preparing the Christians in America, preparing us in the USA today for much bigger trials. This is just the, the opening preparation thing. Uh, it, it, much bigger. Read the book of Revelation. We are gonna to have to be ready for much, much bigger real trials than this one. And I also believe that God is using the coronavirus to expose our self-sufficiency. Our self-sufficiency. Our shallow faith here in the in our shallow faith here in the USA today. He's trying to teach us a vital lesson. To get us to let go of that self-sufficiency. To grow our faith. He's trying to teach us a vital lesson. And that is that God's got this. God's got this. If there's one thing that God wants us to get out of the coronavirus, it's that God's got this. If you don't remember anything else I say, just remember, God's got this. God's grace is sufficient for anything and everything. Anything that's thrown at us. Every everything that we go through. God when it's keep coming back to this, God is allowing us to go through this trial to show us that we can depend on his unlimited grace. His unlimited grace. And look at the result of depending on God's grace. Back in back to second Kings verse 4, and we'll start with verse 5 this time. She left him and afterwards shut the door. Behind her and her sons, they brought the jars to her and kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, "Bring me another one." But he replied, "There's not a jar left." Then the oil then the oil stopped flowing. She went out, she went and told the man of God, and he said, "Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left." Amazing. Amazing what we see here. Imagine Try to put this in context. Imagine because of the coronavirus and let's say it were to go a long time. (laughs) Hopefully not. But let's say it goes a long time and because of the coronavirus you are completely wiped out. You are out of food. You are out of money. You are out of essentials. But. But you, you pray, you pray, and you take it to God. and You say, God, we're desperate. You have this time of prayer and fasting. And you wake up the next morning and the refrigerator and the freezer are full of food. Full of food. The the pantry is full of food also, all the things you need. Toilet paper is everywhere, it's coming down like manna every day. Toilet paper, Uh, Gas. the gas for the house tank is full. and You go in the car and the the gas tank for the car is full. You check your stocks and the rest of the, the country is crashed but your stocks are doing great. And your bank account too. All of a sudden there's money in your bank account, all that you need. That's what happened to this widow. That's what happened to this widow and this woman and her sons. They went from empty to full. This was crazy. What do you think this did for her faith? What do you think it did for her faith? And her relationship with God moving forward. What do you think it did? A whole new level of faith. A whole new level of trust. A whole new level of intimacy. A whole new level. Let's connect some dots to our lives today. God's got this. Just like with the woman, God's got this. What trial? It may be the virus, but it could be lots of trials in our life. But we, Before the coronavirus trial crisis, there were many, many other trials, weren't there? They're still there waiting for us. What trial is God using today to show us our need to depend on His grace? Our need to depend on His grace to deepen our relationship with Him. To show us how empty our lives are without Him. Without really depending on Him. Show us how empty our lives really are. That only He can fulfill us. That only He can do that. Look at the coronavirus. It's all gone. Everything. All that stuff that used to distract us. Even Disney World's closed. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. But even Disney World's closed. There's nothing left. The, the sports, everything is gone. And it's to teach us. Everything's gone. Lots of our jobs are gone. A lot of the economy's gone. So many things are gone. And it's to teach us that he will meet our needs. physically. And spiritually, God will meet our needs. That daily bread, give us today our daily bread. He will meet our needs. That grace, that daily grace that we we ask for. That we as Christians can, is what it's teaching us, that we as Christians can and should have peace versus those who don't know Jesus Christ. We should have peace. We can have peace. We're guaranteed it. But the coronavirus, the coronavirus, uh, it, it... let me say this too about with the coronavirus with it all being gone uh the coronavirus it's all gone all the stuff we used to distract us but for so many it's we've seen positives we've seen that we really we really like our time with our family and friends now we really like this time there's like a whole new connection we're home with our kids we're homeschooling (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to our world. Uh, right? Uh, that's not always this fun. But we, we have time to grow spiritually. We have time to reconnect with gro- God. We have time to pray. A lot of times it's Zoom prayer meetings. We have these prayer meetings online and we're connecting. But it, it's been great. But 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 God is also... There's a lot of positives. But God is also using the coronavirus in our life to bring us to our knees. To bring us to our knees. How, what... Has he done that with you through this crisis or some other crisis? What what has this created in our life that God is allowing us to see how we need His grace? That He wants us to grow spiritually and teach us to depend on His mercy and grace alone. Once again, to teach us that we that He will meet our needs physically, spiritually, that daily bread, that daily grace, that we as Christians can have peace no matter what we are facing no matter what what is going on but the coronavirus has exposed a lot of fear it's exposed a lot of fear it's showed so many that in the body of christ that we lack faith that we lack faith now nobody at new hope community church i'm sure and nobody that's listening to this but you probably know someone like this (laughs) it's exposed our lack of faith listen some of you are freaking out uh, you know, I thought I'd have a little more time on hands, but I'm busier than ever. Just kind, of, kind of calming people down, and and I'm not picking anybody. If, if you're listening and you say, "Wait, is he talking about me?" It's all of us. We're all doing this. We're freaking out, and I and I probably have shared what I'm going to say here, 20 times in the last week with different people. So it's not you. It's all of us. All right. But people are freaking out, and I keep reminding each person on the phone or whatever. I keep reminding them that we we all live by faith not by fear it's a daily choice we we can either live by faith or by fear daily choice but some of those people say "Me, but i'm so afraid and and i'm just terrified and i'm paralyzed by my fear and i say well what's the worst that could happen they say well i could die i go that's the worst that could happen that you could die you're a christian if you die where are you going heaven so it's bad to go to heaven is that what you're trying to tell me that's why you're paralyzed by fear no, that's dying as a christian is not the worst that can happen guess what it's the best that can happen we go to heaven that's the whole point of being a christian <laughs> that we know where we're going we're going to be with jesus someday that's the whole point but but some i'll say this to people. This some some will say but i want to but i want to live longer i want to live longer and i said you will live longer When we die, we're not dead as Christians. We fall asleep. We wake back up. We we live longer. We live forever. We really live. Really live. This life is just a little blip. And the the new life we live is amazing. It's like going from a garbage dump. You're living in a garbage dump and somebody takes you out of there and puts you in Disney World. That's the difference it would be like. Only, Only heaven will make Disney World look like a dump. Like a garbage pit, the worst garbage pit you can imagine. That's how awesome heaven will be. We, and that's what that's that's the whole point of being a Christian. Life never ends if we have Jesus Christ. We must think and live like Christians. Very very important. I have a on a the podcast screen. If you're using the YouTube, go to our podcast site uh, uh, www newhopechurchpa org, and you go on that site and you, uh, you, you, on that site, and I might be able to get it on YouTube, I'm not sure yet, I gotta see if I can work that out, but you go on that site and you uh, go on that, I'm trying to find my uh, other thing. So, you go on the site and there's a, there's a, a special, uh, something that my resident artist Kim uh, Pulson had put up and it is a really well done, but it, I want you, it says remember this during the coronavirus God's got this. And it's a really, really beautiful thing. But well, this, is what I'm gonna, this is what it says. And I want you to burn this into your hearts and minds. I want to encourage you to memorize, to meditate on this, to live by these promises. Live by these promises. Very, very important to do this. Things during the, that God has got this. And the first thing, the first thing is that we are all in God's hands. We are all in God's hands. Psalm 91. In Psalm 91, verse 5, it says this, 5 to 7, and then verse 11, it says this, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Verse 11, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Psalm 91, the whole thing is awesome. But those verses 5 to 7, verse 11, we are in God's hands. That's the first thing. God's got this. How does... How does survive the coronavirus crisis, the special incident may be on YouTube, but it will definitely be on our podcast site, New Hope Community Church. Uh, We are in God's hands. That's the first thing. We're in God's hands. As Christians, we are in God's hands. The second thing is that nothing can touch us without God's permission. Nothing can touch us without God's allowing it for His good purpose. Nothing can touch us. Job 1, verse 9. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replied? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. Nothing can touch us without God's permission. The third thing is, each day we must choose, knowing this, knowing that we're in God's hands, knowing that nothing can touch us, promises in God's word, each day we must choose to live by faith or to live by fear. Each day we've got to make that decision. We've got to set our mind what we're going to do with it. J- Lots of verses. But Mark five thirty six. when Jesus says, facing another crisis, uh, the, the little girl was dead. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. We have that choice every day. Are we going to live by faith or fear? What are we going to live by? And then finally, this is a tremendous opportunity to share our faith in Jesus Christ. A tremendous opportunity for people to see how we're living and the peace that we have. And we, and we have to be ready to share that peace with them. In fact, 1 Peter 3.15 says this. In 1 Peter 3.15 it says, But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. We've got to be ready to do that in this crisis. And they should see it the way we live and we've got to be ready to, sh- to share Jesus Christ and share the gospel clearly with them. Rem- I'm gonna- God's got this. Surviving the, the, the coronavirus virus. Crisis, surviving, say that 10 times fast. Surviving that, God's got this. We are in God's hands. Nothing can touch us without God's permission. Each day we must choose to live by faith or fear. And this is an awesome opportunity to share our faith in Jesus Christ. Take this. Make it your screensaver. Put it on your phone. Put it somewhere that you're going to see. And just every day, start the day off with this. Start off with this and, and just keep focusing on this. It doesn't mean we should be reckless, but we should be fearless. Not reckless, but fearless. Caution, but not fear. Caution, but not fear. And the key is to shut off the news and get out our Bibles and focus on his promises. These, all these verses I just gave you. Focus on the promises and to grow spiritually through this. And allow God to prepare us for further trials through this. That's the key. Is It's allow God to prepare us for it. It's all about focus. Uh, there's been a, a, a Corrie ten Boom quote going around, and it's an awesome one. Corrie ten Boom, those of you who are a little older, <clears throat> remember uh, she survived the Holocaust. She, uh, when I was a kid, she was. we just loved to read about her life and, and the things that she said. She, was a, uh, she survived the concentration camps. Uh, just unbelievable what she went through. We can't even begin to grasp what she went through. But she says this, She said this, If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at God, you'll be at rest. I'm going to read that again. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at God, you'll be at rest. At rest. God's got this. No matter how bad it looks, no matter what the media says, no matter what circumstances really are, God's got this. Many who are listening to you, watching right this moment, wherever you are, are facing serious challenges, finances, jobs, businesses, stocks, retirement It's not about the glass being half full or half empty. It really is empty for many, many people right now. But remember something. God's got this. Just like he had it for this widow woman. He's got this for us today. He's got this. God is not caught off guard by the coronavirus. He's not caught off guard by this crisis or any trial we we run into that God allows us for his purpose to go through. He has a good purpose, and he will bring good out of it somehow. How? We don't know. But uh either... In a short time from now or someday in eternity, the dots will all be connected and we're going to see it. In fact, in Romans 8:28, it says that the very thing, we've, this verse I hope you haven't memorized by now, uh, read it so many, many times. And we know that in all things, God works for the good. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him have been called according to his purpose. That's a promise. God is preparing us for something much bigger. This is just a birth pain. Read Matthew 24. Read the book of Revelation. This is a a, a birth pain. This isn't it. And the coronavirus has exposed how much our faith needs to grow before the real deal hits us. That's what it's showing the church in America. How we need to learn to live by faith instead of by fear. It's searing in our minds and our hearts the reality that we are in God's hands. And we must depend on his mercy and grace. God is refining the church. God is purifying us. He's dividing the sheep from the goats. He's exposing the false teachers, the wolves in sheep's clothing. He's exposing that. The the persecuted church worldwide is already there. All the things I'm saying God's doing through this birth pain, the the church, worldwide church under persecution is already there. They would be shocked at our response, at the church's response to the coronavirus crisis. They would be shocked. The Christians in China, the ones are all, who are being persecuted in China. Year after year, persecuted, but the church is exploding. And, and it's an underground church. They're already underground. This hasn't scared them. This this virus hasn't scared them. They're not in hiding. They, are, they see this as an open door. Not a closed door, an open door. The story's coming out of Wuhan itself, that the church there is exploding. It's exploding there in the midst of this crisis. Let's listen. Whether whether it's the coronavirus we are facing or some other crisis, God's got this. God puts us in desperate places so that we will place our faith in His unfailing grace. His unfailing grace. How is God teaching us to depend on His grace? How is He teaching us to depend on His grace? What is he using in our life? Might be this, the virus, might be something else, could be lots of things. What is he using in our life? Are we learning the lesson? The learning the lesson that God is trying to teach us through this, or does God need to turn up the heat? <laughs> does the refining fire have to get even hotter till we get this? Does he have to refine us even more? And here's, here's a test. Here's the test the peace test. Do we have peace? In the midst of this crisis, do you have peace? Are you living by faith or fear? what's dominating your thoughts? what's dominating your life? That's a test of if we got this or not because he will turn up the heat until we finally have that peace that passes all understanding in this world. you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome this world he, he, he he's, he's, he's he, I'm telling you things so that you may I'm telling you these things so that you may have peace. you may have peace. Do we have peace? Are others seeing that peace? Are we impacting others for Jesus Christ? Are we just hiding in our house, the door shut, hiding out, you know? Or are they seeing that peace? Are they drawn to it? Are we sharing Jesus Christ? Are we sharing that peace with others? Are we reaching out to others? Even if we have to keep six feet away, are we still reaching out to other people? And and sometimes we're going to have to take, take some risks as Christians. Uh, there's no such thing as social distancing when God calls us to help someone who's truly in need. Martin Luther said this very thing. Martin Luther was during the time of the Black Plague when one third of the world died. Horrible deaths. But he said, listen... Everything that we're told to do, I do it. I'm very careful. But when I need to cross over to uh, someone in need, even if they have the virus, even if they have the bubonic plague, even if they have the black death, I will go help them if God opens that door and calls me to do that. That's more important than my life. And he never died. A lot of Christians did helping others, but he never died. But the point is, is I'm not saying be careless or reckless, but we better not let the virus keep us from reaching out and touching someone if God opens that door and leads us to do it. Now, there's lots of other ways we can help them without touching them, but I'm just saying, making a point, Martin, uh, Martin Luther, that, that So there's no such thing as social distance when God has led us to really help someone. Some people are in very deep need. Look at the first responders, the front line, the nurses, the doctors, the, the firemen, the policemen, all the people, the the, the the military people that are are right in the middle of this. Well, if they have the courage to do it, we as Christians better have it if it's necessary. I'm not saying unnecessary, not saying reckless, not saying careless, not saying arrogant. I'm saying when the door for ministry is there, we cannot let faith, fear keep us from acting in faith. Very, very important. You have that peace. Maybe you're there here today, you're listening to me today, wherever you are, and you are not a Christian yet. You don't have peace. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, you can have that peace. You can put your faith in Jesus Christ. You can have that peace. This story of the widow and the oil is also a beautiful picture. It's a type, a picture, a symbolic picture of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Redemption. Redemption. Redemption means to buy something back. That's what happened with these these boys who were slaves. We were all slaves, just like these boys. We were all slaves to sin, to the world, to the flesh, to fear, to shame, to Satan. We were slaves to the law that we broke. We have all broke the law in God's sight. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. We have broken the law. We deserve punishment. We deserve death. We deserve an eternity separated from God. Because we have broken God's holy law. But Romans 3.24 says this. 3.24 says, for all 3.23, For all of sin and fall short of God's glory. And are justified freely by His grace. Through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. I'm going to read that again. And are justified, just as if I never sinned are justified freely by His grace. We keep talking about that through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We can, we all, Jesus Christ came to redeem us, to justify us, to redeem us by His grace. How did He do that? Verse 25, God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. God presented him as a sacrifice on the cross. Jesus died in our place. He was a sacrifice in our place. He died. He took our punishment. He took all of our sin. Everything we've ever done against God's word. Everything we've ever done against God's law, cosmic law. He took it all on himself. The perfect God-man, the Son of God, took it on himself, on that cross, so that for the sacrifice of atonement, at one minute, He brought us back to be one with God again. By by how? Through faith. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. When we put our faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood he shed on that cross, the moment we do that, we put our faith in him, we are at one with God again. We have a relationship with God again. The, The fear is gone. We begin to live by that faith from that point on. Let's pray. And as we take this time to pray now, I want to ask you, do you have peace? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you made peace with God? You can have no peace in this world, facing all the crazy stuff in this world. You cannot have that peace until you make peace with God. And Jesus has made a way for us to make peace. John 3, 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever believed in Jesus? That word is not an intellectual believe in your head belief. It, it, the word is in faith. In the Greek means to put your complete trust in, to cling to, to completely depend on. That's the picture of the word. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus? Has there ever been a time that you came to God and said, God, and you can do it right now, God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. In my place. To redeem me. To set me free from slavery so that I could be at one with you God as my father I believe your one and only son Jesus did that I repent of that old life I repent of the sin of all the garbage I repent of it I ask you to forgive me Because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm going to follow Him. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, something amazing has happened. You are in for the shock of your life because your emptiness has just been filled by the Holy Spirit. God's actual Holy Spirit is now living inside of you. Your life will never be the same. Never be the same. You will never be the same person. You will never think the same way. You can never have peace living away from God or, or a sinful life again. You will never be the same. Your life has changed but you will have peace, real peace. That you never knew before. Because the Holy Spirit is in you, and as you allow Him to, to continually fill you, and amazing things are going to happen, changes are going to happen in your life. And I want to encourage you, if you've taken that step of faith, to tell somebody. Let somebody know. Maybe you have a friend or family member who is a Christian. Uh, give me a call. You know, text me, call me. Uh, You'll know, let me know. Email nhcc at comcast.com. Let me know. Let somebody know. Because we're going to be excited for you and encourage you and help you to grow in your new life in Jesus Christ. For those of us who are already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us right now? Would we commit to taking the, the God's got this list there, with the coronavirus, and pray through that every day? Pray through that and say, God, I am in your hands. Nothing can touch me without your permission. I'm going to live by faith, not fear today. Use me to touch many others, to impact many others for Jesus Christ. Whatever it takes. Whatever, whatever it takes, put this this, this prayer, the, this, this list, this prayer, these promises, this reminder on that computer, on the phone, somewhere that you'll see it every day. Father, I pray that this would be a reality for for those of us who are in Jesus Christ. Let this be a reality. Grow us. Move us forward. I know because of this, if we turn to your amazing grace, we will never be the same because of what we're going through in this crisis. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.